Welcome to the Spartan Underground Show, your ultimate resource for everything Spartan race training. Discover what the best SGX coaches are doing to help their clients boost performance, dominate obstacles, and get through each race burpee-free. Here is your host, Mike Diebler. All right. What's up, everybody? This is Mike Diebler, and you are listening to episode 14 of the Spartan Underground SGX Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. And speaking of thanks, I hope our US-based listeners had an awesome Thanksgiving. I'm sure ate too much food, just like I did. But don't worry, we have a great episode for you today to help you get back on track with your training. Um, as usual, if you have any questions or want to contact me, um, email me at info at spartanunderground.com. Uh, don't forget, you can try our Spartan Underground membership site for just a dollar for three days to check it out, see what's in there, how it might help your training. Um, just go to spartanundergroundcom join. I will put that as well as any other uh, links mentioned in this episode at our show notes at spartanundergroundcom episode 14. Uh, just a couple special announcements. Don't forget, November is almost over, and we are still running our November giveaway. So if you want a chance to win some T-shirts, socks, towels, um, all you have to do is like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, and we would love it if we've helped you at all to give a, uh, a nice five-star review in iTunes or however you might be listening to us. And all of that will get you some entries in to win some of these prizes that we're giving away. Uh, that we'll be announcing next week if you already entered. Um, you'll find out if you've won. Uh, upcoming races. Uh, we are going to be in Atlanta this weekend coming up, running the Super, and then again in L.A. running the Sprint next weekend. So if you're going to be at either of those races, we would love to to meet up. Just uh, comment on Facebook, Instagram, or or again, shoot me an email, and we'll, we'll meet up before or after the race. Uh, this week, as usual, we have an awesome show for you. In our research review, we're going to talk about periodization. And if you're not sure what that is, don't worry. We're going to talk all about how you should be planning your workout routines for the best results. Um, in our resource of the week, we are going to stick with another cool app and one that helps measure the status of your central nervous system. And finally, in our SGX interview, we are with Coach Mike King from King's Camp and Fitness, and he's going to give some of his insights on training. Uh, we kind of talked about a lot of different topics, being efficient with your workout, um, the, the mentality and the mental side of, of training. We get into training as a master athlete and how, how to stay fresh, uh, avoiding injuries, um, maximizing your recover, and a whole lot more. So please stay tuned for that. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this week's show. All right, in this week's research review, I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about periodization. And periodization is just a plan for your workout. It's a way to strategically change some of the things that you do. And I think one thing that I see, mistakes that are made when I, when I see people posting things online or just when I see other people's training, it's a little bit random. And they are doing a lot of high-intensity work with no recovery or too much low-intensity work or just kind of all over the place and not following a, a specific plan. 
And there's just an overwhelming amount of research on periodization. So, uh, for example, in the uh, research quarterly for exercise and sports in 2004, they did a, a meta-analysis where they looked at a whole bunch of other studies on this topic. And they looked at periodized programs versus non-periodized programs. So basically a structured workout where we're consistently progressing or just randomly doing things at the gym. And they wanted to compare to see, well, who saw the best results in terms of, of strength and power and endurance and things like that. And basically what all of these studies showed that periodization was significantly more effective than non-periodization for men and women for different training backgrounds, whether you're beginner or more advanced, and all different ages. So whether you're adjusting your volume, your intensity, your frequency, they're all good things to change, um, but having that manipulation in your program provides so much better results. All right, so that's just one thing I want you to, one takeaway I want you to get from this is to make sure you're not just heading to the gym really without a plan and just kind of doing whatever you saw, some random workout. You have it all, um, laid out with a specific purpose that you're trying to accomplish. And that leads us to our, our main study that I want to look at. And this is from uh, earlier this year in July from the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research. And the title of this study was Short-Term Effects of Different Loading Schemes on Fitness-Related Resistance Training. And this is a short-term program, so it's not going to look long-term periodization, but I, I just think it's worth bringing up the the, re, uh, the results here, and we'll talk how that relates to periodization in a second. But what they did in this study was they took 200 healthy trained subjects. So it was men and women, and basically they had been lifting weights for at least a year. So um, they were not beginners here. And then they took them and divided them into four groups. And they tested their 10 rep max for a few different lifts and their one rep max. So they tested that before and after the testing protocol. Then all participants trained for six weeks and they did three days a week of training. And the four groups they did were, group one was a constant load, constant reps. So basically think like your three sets of 10 using 100 pounds. So you, you did that for every, um, every set was the same weight. We did 10 reps for each one. So a pretty common routine that you might see in the gym. Uh, the next group, they did increasing load with decreasing reps. So again, a, a pretty common strategy where they increased the weight. So they started at 10 reps at 100 pounds, and then they did 8 reps at 105 pounds, and then 6 reps at 110 pounds, or, or something along those lines. And the third group was the opposite, decreasing load, increasing reps. So now they started with 100 pounds, did 10 reps, then they dropped it to 90 pounds and did 15 reps and, and so on. And then the fourth group was daily chaining loads. So here, each day that they worked out were different goals. So like uh, day one might be more of a, of a strength-based routine where they did... Um, uh, heavier resistance, lower reps. So maybe they're doing like four sets of six. And then another day was more moderate, or maybe they're doing three sets of 12. And then another day was more endurance-based where they would do two sets of 15 or, or something along those lines. And uh, the results were pretty interesting. So one, we do want to bring up that all groups saw an increase in strength. So regardless of the scheme that they used, they all got stronger, which was a good thing. But who did the best? That's what we want to know. How do we be the most efficient? And it was actually the daily changing. Th those that changed reps on a day-to-day on a -day basis 
were was the most effective in improving strength. Now, I know that might sound like, well, you just said don't be random and make sure you have a plan with your program, but this is kind of our introduction to undulating periodization. And the point I want to bring up here and the point I want you to take home with you is make sure you have a purpose for each training day. Now, there's lots of different ways you can set up a workout program. You can have linear periodization, picture a line on a graph just going up, where you basically increase intensity each phase, right? So phase one, maybe you are doing like three sets of 15 and you're focusing more on endurance-based training, right? You do that for three, four weeks or so, then you take a break, a deload week, and then your next training phase in your periodized program, you're gonna go a little bit more intense. So now you're gonna do four sets of, of 10 or four sets of eight, something like that. Same thing, three or four weeks, then we deload. And then our next phase, we're going to be doing five sets of five or, or something along those lines, right? That would be linear, right? So each phase, we're getting more and more tense. We also have nonlinear, which has been shown to be uh, equally as effective and in some cases, even more effective. Um, undulating just means there's a day-to-day -day variety, but it's still all planned. None of these things are random. So it's kind of like I just talked about in that study. So instead of the whole first three weeks being focused on one specific goal, like maybe muscular endurance or, or power, each workout has a specific goal. So here, let's say I'm working out three days a week. I'm just say we're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So Monday might be my muscular endurance day. So the whole workout is designed to improve muscular endurance, right? So it's going to be um, higher, higher rep based. Then Wednesday, maybe this is going to be more strength-based, right? So now all of our exercises are going to be geared towards improving strength. And then Friday is going to be more towards power. So that's going to be a power workout, right? And, and this is kind of the key to periodization. We all want everything. We all want to get bigger, stronger, faster um, in order to improve our, our performance. But sometimes you kind of have to pick a goal. You can't really work on everything all at once, but this undulating periodization program is probably the closest that we're going to get where we will see improvements in each. We'll see improvements in endurance and in strength and in power, maybe not as much as if we focused all of our energy on endurance or all of our energy on power, but having specific days focused on specific goals, we at least don't get weaker in one area because that's one of the biggest drawbacks with linear program design where Phase one might be endurance, phase two might be strength, and phase three might be power, something along those lines. By the time I get to power, I may have lost some of my endurance. Now, if you're a power athlete and you're a sprinter or, or something like that, that's probably not a big deal because all you care about is power and that strength there. But when training for a Spartan race, I need to make sure that I have all of these different abilities, right? I want to maintain my strength, maintain my power, maintain my endurance. So this is a way where we can kind of get all of them done in a specific manner. All right, so I want you to think about that. When you design your program, are you just randomly doing things? Are you training endurance, training strength all at the same time, right? Not that you can't do that, but you better know how to put a program together in order not to um, conflict with the, basically the information that you're telling your body, right? Because you get stronger differently than you build endurance. And it's, it's basically conflicting information for your, your muscles and your cardiovascular system and your nervous system when you try and do everything at once. So 
try and focus on this undulating periodization where each day has its own goal. That way you can still maximize the different abilities that you're trying to work on without losing anything there. Hopefully that didn't sound too confusing, but if I'm going to make it even easier, just think you're going to have a light day, a moderate day, and a heavy day each week, and then you progress accordingly within each of those workouts there. Right? So I know it sounds, when you hear periodization and program design, sometimes it sounds confusing, um, and, and it can be because there's a million different variables that we can change. Right? I'm, I'm just talking about sets and reps here, and I didn't focus on time under tension. I didn't focus on velocity. We didn't talk about rest. Um, th there's so many other variables that we can change. Um, so I'm just trying to keep it simple for you that you can easily apply it in your workout. So your goal for, for this week or whenever you're listening to this is to mark out your next four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, however far you can, and just figure out how am I gonna design, design this, right? When's your next event? When's your next race? When do I wanna peak out? Um, when's my off season? If, if you're taking an off season, right? We can't train hard all the time. So periodization is a way for us to plan on peaking at, at certain times and undulating periodization is, is a good way to do it. So, um, so try it out, plan your workouts. When you hit the gym today or tomorrow, whenever it might be, just think, what is your number one goal for that workout? Are you, are you trying to get stronger? Then do things that reflect that. Are you trying to build endurance? Then do things that that reflect that. Working on everything all at once in the same workout, well, it might be good in the beginning for a beginner, but once you've been doing that for a while, you're really going to hit a plateau and see stalled progress in your performance. So you have to get more specific with your training the more you've been training, the more complicated it gets, basically. When you're a beginner, just about anything will work. When you've been training for a while, now you have to get more strategic with your, with your program design. All right. Hopefully that, that all makes sense and uh, give it a try and see what kind of workout programs you guys can come up with. All right. In this week's resource of the week, I have a cool app for you to check out. Actually, two apps, um, but they're, they're similar. They're made by the same company. Uh, they are CNS Tap Test and human performance, and they're made by smudge.io. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but again, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, as well as a link to the uh, where you can download these apps. Um, but essentially, these two apps are a way, a simple way for you to kind of check on the status of your central nervous system. And hopefully, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, how important your central nervous system is to your, your training and without proper recovery, your central nervous system can't perform to its maximal ability. So that, that's why we want to make sure we are taking time off and not training as hard as we can all the time, right? So as I was talking about in our last section with periodization, we have rest periods and deload weeks so we can train hard, push ourselves just to that brink, but then we take a step back and allow us to recover so our next phase we can push even harder. And this is just a simple app you can download. I think they're 99 cents each for both of them. And uh, again, you can just kind of check in daily and see where your central nervous system is. And if you've ever read any books on, on training, um, all the top coaches in the world will stress the importance of 
the central nervous system and, and how it's the key to elite performance and, and uh, athletic performance. So you'll, you'll see lots of tests out there that are developed to check on uh, central nervous system status. Um, things from like grip strength and vertical jumps to uh, reaction time testing to even something as simple as like tapping a pencil uh, and making dots on a piece of paper for five seconds as fast as you can, right? Just checking those motor skills uh, to see how how quickly you can react to a stimulus or or create a movement, and that's kind of what this test is like. So, within human performance, it it has the central nervous uh, tap test, it has a reaction time test, and then you can track things like sleep and weight and um, and other things in there too. So uh, that one it, it's probably best to look at because uh, the central nervous tap test just has this one test. But essentially all you do is you would rest your phone down on a table and, and place your palm on, on the phone and it has a timer and you're going to tap the screen as fast as, as you can until the timer's up. And you're going to do the same thing with your other hand. And then your reaction time test, it's going to have a red screen and as soon as it turns green, you have to tap it as fast as you can. And these little tests, I know they sound super simple, um, but they are, and it's a great way to just check on the status of your nervous system. So you want to look for trending, right? It's not like, let me look up how fast I, I did this test and, and see what my score is. It's let me look at how am I doing over the last few days. And if you see a downward trend where you're getting slower and slower, it's probably a sign that you might be leading to overtraining and you need to take a step back. And if your nervous system isn't firing properly, it, it doesn't matter what you're doing in your workouts. You're going to be training too hard and you're not going to be able to hit that maximal performance. So check out these apps. You can download the or check out the download link in our show notes. And yeah, it's just a simple thing you can do every day to check on how well you're responding to your workouts and how well you are recovering. Okay, in this week's SGX Coaches interview, I am here today with Coach Mike King from King's Camp and Fitness. Now, Mike has a pretty diverse background, starting from being a very successful cross-country runner to becoming a personal trainer and ultimately becoming a SGX coach. On top of being an SGX coach, he is a USA track and field level one coach. He's also a dynamic variable resistance trainer level one and level two, which we talked a little bit about in the last podcast. And he's gone through the Training for Warriors program. So as well as working with adults training for their obstacle course races, he's also created a Young Warrior program to get kids more active in the sports, which we're going to touch on as well. And Mike's background and his success has really helped him become an awesome coach. And he's going to come on today and provide you guys with some great insight into his training styles, and his philosophies. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Uh, awesome. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, and let's just get started with uh, let people know a little bit about you, what you do, and how you got involved in Spartan training. Sure. Um, my name is Mike King, uh, owner of King's Camps and Fitness, and uh, got into Spartan raining, racing a little bit probably like the good majority of you out there did, which is uh, somebody went and invited me. And uh, I have a background in cross-country running, um, so you know, getting to my first Spartan race, that kind of kicked into gear at my first race. And 
you know, like a lot of you, you get into that first race, you're like, wow, I'm, I'm never going to be able to make this. And you do it and you get to the finish line, you get into the, you know, the main parade grounds and you're like, that was the best time I've ever had in my life. I can't wait to do it again. And so you start looking online, trying to find out what race it is you can do next. And, um, I did that. I started looking at what race was next and I started looking at where I could go and what the differences were and what I could do to continue that, just that absolute amazing feeling I had after I finished a race. And so, um, uh, since then, I've been been racing for about six years now. Um, I started just doing it for fun with groups and teams and stuff like that, and then started getting um, a lot more competitive because I had the skills and ability. I was training specifically for the races to get better, and uh, was getting better and better. And so, um, started moving up into the elite uh, classes. And so, about six years ago, I started um, running elite and uh, started doing uh, pretty well for myself, which also added to the enjoyment um, and the rewards for the fitness and training that I was putting into it. Awesome. And it, it really is amazing how hooked you get on these things. And I, I'll, I'll never forget my first race when uh, my wife and I did it more just because clients were talking about it. I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, decided to sign up just so we can say we did it. And I was really dreading it because I'm like, one, I'm not a big runner. I don't really like running. I like obstacles, but I don't want to get muddy and all this other stuff. And then I got through and we were both like, that was awesome. Let's see when we can do this again. And I never thought I'd be hooked, but you know, here I am running them feels like every month. So it's, yeah. it's funny how that works. Yeah. Uh, and it's very similar. Um, my wife and I did our first one together and, uh, we have this great picture, which I think a lot of times the pictures are some of the best memories you have of these events. Um, but there's this great picture of her and I holding these medals We're covered in mud and we're smiling, you know, from ear to ear. And it just goes to show that, you know, while you go into these races, a lot of times with a little nervousness and fear, um, you usually come out with just this really huge sense of accomplishment. And, um, my wife and I've been doing these races, um, together. She doesn't run quite at the level I do. And we have a great understanding that I get to run my race, um, on the competitive side of things. And a lot of times I'll come back around and we'll, I'll grab her and I'll grab our daughter and we'll go ahead and run the races together. So it's not only a great competitive event, but it's a great family event as well. Oh, definitely. And that's why we're trying to do the same exact thing. And it's funny you said like uh, fear and how that, that is a big part of this. And when I look back, that's probably what happened to me was I was afraid because I didn't know what to expect. And I was afraid I wasn't going to do well or, you know, just fear of the unknown. But you're, you're right. You get through it. You're covered in mud, maybe a little blood. Um, but you're smiling and you're holding up your shirt and your, your medal. And it's, it's such a cool experience. Right. Right. Um, and we go back for more. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I just can't wait. I can't wait for my next race. <laughs> um, so let's get into your training. Cause, uh, we talked a little bit before this and I think you, you kind of have a similar story to most people where, uh, so you mentioned you were a cross country runner and, um, then you started getting into more traditional training, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, growing up, I was a, a cross-country runner, kind of got into it by accident and uh, ended up doing pretty well um, and ran that pretty well. Um, then life and career and family kind of got in the way and uh, stopped running. I would still kind of go out for a run here and there, but with not any purpose. And then uh, when I started getting back into shape or kind of needing that physical fitness outlet, I got into kind of uh, bodybuilding, physique building. Um, I wasn't going for any um, competitions or anything, but I was looking to build muscle. And so I spent good number of hours in the gym trying to get big. Um, I still ran on the treadmill and stuff to kind of balance it out a little bit, but I was just trying to get big. Um, and then shortly thereafter that, about two years later, I started getting into rock climbing. I brought my older daughter out for uh, her first time at rock climbing and I got hooked. I mean, she did too, but we both got hooked at rock climbing and started finding this, this point at which the muscles that I was building and the training that I was doing weren't helping me 
in that particular sport. They were actually hurting me. While having good muscle tone and strength was great, um, I couldn't go do a weightlifting session and then come back the next day and have any strength or stamina to go ahead and do some rock climbing. So I was really kind of hitting a, an impasse and starting to have to make a decision. Did I really want the big muscles or did I want some functional muscle that was actually going to allow me to do things like the climbing and other sports that I was starting to get into more? That's awesome. And, and uh, you make a great point there is sometimes you do have to make a decision because uh, I, I think uh, most people out there, they kind of want everything. They want to look awesome. They want to dominate sports. They want to run fast and long. And, and unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And sometimes you have to make that choice where if you want bigger muscles and you just you work out for the aesthetic appeal and that's totally cool with you, you want to be a fitness model or whatever, you know, I'm not bashing that or saying that's stupid, you shouldn't do it. Do whatever makes you happy, but know that, like you said, a lot of times that those traditional bodybuilding workouts, you're probably going to lose some mobility. Those joints aren't going to move the way they, they want. And you're going to look great, but you won't move great. So you do have to make that decision where not that you have to wither away all of your muscle, but... If you're just trying to get better at the gym, that's what you're going to get better for. If you want to get better at climbing, rock climbing, if you want to get better at uh, Spartan races, if you want to get better just at running, you know, you have to focus on those different things. So that's, that's a great point there. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and so now my training takes on kind of a, a different fold. Um, you know, I had to kind of let go of those gains that I had um, from the weightlifting, but I ended up picking up a physique that was very distinctive in the type of activities that I did. So while I had people before looking at me and saying, wow, you know, you've got big biceps or something, um, I still get that comment, but my biceps and other part muscle groups have changed and transformed into basically, as people say, you look like you can do anything. You, you know, uh, Spider-Man is a term that I kind of get on a regular basis. You look like you can lift and bounce and jump and leap. And so, um, I've gone ahead and taken the identity of a basic different body looking body because of the types of training that I do. Um, and that's good. So I let go of one and I picked up another and they're, they're all awesome. It just depends on what you're going for. And in my particular case, I was looking at getting into you know, more active type stuff and more athletic based stuff versus just the, the physical appearance. Um, and so I was really happy to make that transition, but it took me a little while to get used to the idea that that's what the transformation was. And that's, was kind of my new image. I was having to let go of my other, you know, more muscular identity. Yeah. And, and sometimes it is a mindset where you're just kind of holding yourself back because you're, you're holding on to something, even though that might be, might not be the most beneficial thing for you where, you know, you make that choice, you go all in, and then you, you start training that way, and um, you'll drastically see those in, improvements there. And I always link, I mean, if you want to get better at Spartan races or any kind of obstacle course racing, you need to basically be an athlete. And I like to define an athlete as basically somebody who can just do anything, where if I gave them a basketball and they didn't know how to play basketball, they'd be able to figure it out and at least be coordinated and move and fast and agile, and then they could have power to jump over a wall or, or run a long distance. So that's kind of what our training needs to mimic to get better at all those different abilities, not just let me get my arms as big as possible. Without a doubt. Yeah. So let's go over, you, you have a pretty impressive resume for your uh, obstacle course racing. So you have a couple top finishes in, in Spartan races. Uh, kind of go through just, I, I know it's hard to brag about yourself sometimes, but I'm making you right now. So um, just kind of go through so people know what, what level you are exactly. 
Yeah. So um, when I started kind of moving away from running with teams and groups and started moving into the elites, it was more because I was trying to run away from the congestion on the courses. And I didn't really know what that was going to mean. Um, I think a couple of times I looked at my placement uh, you know, across the board and it was pretty darn good. I was like, wow, this is pretty awesome. Um, and so because of that, that spurred my training on. Um, and then uh, in Monterey, uh, one year I went ahead and finished and I came to the finish line and was told that I had podiumed in the master's category and that had, you know, kind of two sides to it. One, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I've podiumed. I'm going to get one of those blocks of wood. This is awesome, <laughs> um, which is really cool. And then I said to myself, masters, <laughs> I'm not some 65 year old guy on the golf course kicking balls around. What do you mean masters? I'm not that old. There's must be a mistake. <laughs> and so that became the realization that there was this kind of this different category of racing that, you know, I was in like it or not, um, you know, that I could race in. And so the, the winning showed where I was at and the podium showed that there was a completely different category that was set aside that I could be extremely competitive in. And, um, what it's done is it's really gone ahead and pushed and propelled my training quite a bit. So now I'm competitive in the master's category, but I'm getting the, giving the 22 and 24 year olds a run for their money. Nice. And a lot of the races, um, you know, I'll be coming down the, down the trail, um, against some of the top finishers, um, out there. And there'll be, someone will say something like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm tired. And I'll look and I'm like, dude, you're half my age. <laughs> Come on, let's get going. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's it. But, um, yeah, I've done pretty well for myself and I'm really, really happy about that. And again, it's, you know, each time you stand on a podium, it's, it's this recognition of all the training and everything you've done. And then it's a reset when you get off the podium that, Hey, I got here and I can't, I can't and don't want to let this training go. And I want this feeling again. And so you go back out and you train. So, um, so the last couple of years I've had a couple podium finishes in Spartan races, um, in kind of a gamut of their races, be either super uh, sprint or a beast. Um, and I've done well in a lot of the other organizations, um, as well, um, trying to go ahead and get, um, as many different varieties of racing types possible from road races to trail races to, um, races like battle frog and such. Um, some of those are the masters and some of them are not. Um, so I still chase the young kids down, um, as much as I can. So <laughs> that's awesome. And, uh, I know, and I, I'm a few years away from the masters division and, Kind of in the back of my head, I was like, all right, well, at least in a couple of years, maybe I'll have a good shot at making a podium and, and beating up on the older guys. But then there's guys like you who I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm still going to get my butt kicked uh, no matter what division. So, uh, But it's good. It's going to make me train harder and harder. So, um, But I want to... It does. Yeah. The ahead. one thing that I've that I found that was kind of interesting is as I kind of got to know a lot of the masters and got into that category, I started realizing that the masters category is... Um, probably, um, yeah, it's hard to say, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I would say it's probably as if not maybe sometimes more competitive than, you know, the overall elites. Um, these masters, they're insane. Um, how dedicated and committed they are to winning these races there. It's not like there's a whole bunch of old guys who just make it across the finish line. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are in, in my case where, you know, they're the fittest they've ever been in their entire life, no matter how much training or background they have. And so when they get to that starting line, 
they're going to kill it. And they do, they go out there and train. And, you know, the one thing that kind of happens as you become a master, as opposed to someone who's younger is that, um, a lot of times your life has, has come, you've come to a lot of mental realizations on where you need to be in training. You know how to push yourself. Um, you have all these life experiences and a lot of times you have time, um, that you don't have when you're younger to go ahead and put in this training. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, not to bash on the young, younger guys out there, they might be more focused on, well, I do want bigger arms and I want a bigger chest and whatever. And it is affecting their racing where, you know, you might be at a certain age where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm married. I'm not, I'm not going to impress anybody. Um, I'm going to go train and put all my effort into running harder and winning. Um, so that's a good point there. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's focus on that a little bit because, uh, I think it's rare the situation that you're in. There's definitely other people that that will say it, but you know, you're you're in your 40s, in your 50s or older, and you're you'll believe that you are in the best shape of your life. Um, where most people feel that, you know what? As once I hit my 30s or 40s or whatever, it was kind of all downhill from there. So, what are some strategies that you would recommend to to stay young and keep your body um, functioning the way that it should? Yeah. Um... You know, I think the first thing is that mental side, just recognizing that, you know, you're not in the grave yet. Um, and this is a great opportunity to make sure that the, the the later part of your years are better. And if you've got kids, you know, it's a great motivation to be able to run with your kids, um, chase your kids around, play with them as best you can. And so if your kids can't be a motivation to stay in, in great and excellent shape, um, you just need to kind of say to yourself that I want to be in the best shape that I can so that I have the best outcome on life possible. Um, so that's kind of some of the best things. Um, the other part of it is obviously making sure that your training's suitable for what your goals are, whether they're, you know, racing in Spartan races or anything else, but making sure that there's a training plan set in place that's, that's for you specifically, um, or at least for your age group so that you're not trying to do something that's going to get you hurt or injured. And just recognizing that as we get older, um, we take a little bit more time to get warmed up and getting going and make sure the joints are prepared for a workout. And, you know, things like mobility become a lot more of an issue at this age than they do at any other time because we're or not as mobile, especially if you're getting into um, racing or being athletic. So just making sure that your your workout program is is perfect for you. And at some point, you'll get to where, you know, you're not doing – I'm not saying do an old guy's workout. I'm just saying make sure that, that you start reasonable. You know, don't go out and try to run, you know, a 30K. Go out and run three miles and make sure the three miles is fit for you versus running the 30K. And then when you get to the 30K, you're going to feel awesome. Um, we just don't bounce back quite like we used to. Um, so that's really important to recognize within your training. And, and be efficient in your training. Um, make sure that you understand, um, either from yourself, from, from understanding or from a coach, uh, an SGX coach or some other coach that can get you prepared to basically maximize your workout. So you're not spending, you know, six hours at the gym or doing some types of training that your runs are effective and efficient for what you're doing and your workouts are effective and efficient for what you're doing. And you're, you're maximizing your time and your effort, um, and not just going out and, and doing 6,000 burpees just for the sake of doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you brought up a lot of good points there. I want to touch on on a few of them. Um, first, with kids, yeah, that that is a huge motivator. If if one, if you can't run around and and keep up with your kids, that's that's an issue. And I'm sure you know then it can be depressing and other things you know just result from that. So just at least if that's your goal, you know, and and this type of training is helping you so you can play with your kids more. Or in my case, I. 
I, I have young kids, only one and four years old. Um, but my goal is I want to be able to beat them at anything for as long as possible. <laughs> right. So I, the day that they beat me in a, in a sport or a race, it's going to be the most depressing day of my life probably. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's my mo- motivator, not just to be able to play with them, but, but to be able to beat them at, at whatever we're doing. Um, <laughs> but no, kids are, are a great motivator. Um, the other thing that you brought up uh, with being efficient and uh, maximizing your workouts and allowing for recovery, I think that's such an important thing where some people think they need to get into the gym seven days a week or, or get on the road seven days a week or, or whatever, and they just destroy their bodies. And now now we're talking joint replacements and surgeries mm-hmm. and whatever just because you didn't allow for that proper recovery. So what what would be like a I know this is a really hard question to answer, it's being so general, but what would you recommend like in a week um, for maybe just getting started, uh, somebody in this category? Like the yeah, I guess, stuff they you know, like, like you said, it's, it's kind of hard from the, from the generalization, but, um, you know, in SGX, we talk about ripping people off of the couch. And so I guess if we kind of went back to the idea of say somebody who's been on the couch, someone who has, you know, gained some, some weight, um, hasn't been, you know, mobile or moving around very much, um, looks for that parking spot as close to the front entrance of the mall they can, and not the farthest one and looking at it as an opportunity. If we're say talking from that person's standpoint, I would definitely say, you know, if you're looking at getting into a Spartan race, you know, get into a gym that's got a program that has kind of an on-ramping program that starts working on things like mobility and stretching and working on low impact exercises to go ahead and get your body weight back into check um, and get you moving. And then, you know, once you kind of get out of that stage and you're kind of, your weight starting to get into check and you're starting to gain some muscle mass, mobility is kind of kicking into place and start looking at, um, you know, hopefully that gym has a progressive program where you can come into it and then start to look at you know, more, more progressive exercises, um, with a little bit more impact, a little bit more heart pounding, um, stuff like that. And then maybe start adding some slow distance running to your regiment and then continued again, just to keep building it up and getting to that next stage each time, but start kind of at that entry stage and don't move too fast, but move when you're ready. Awesome. Yeah. And so we're in the beginning, we'll focus on the foundations and Correct. just move better and Correct. not worry too much about obstacles or anything like that. Just get off the couch, be active, see some just general fitness improvements, and then kind of take it from there. Um, so, so let's get into some specific training. So let's say we do have a good foundation. Um, what are some recommendations for specifically training for a race? Yeah. So, you know, if you're, you're fairly active and you've got some fitness behind you, um, you know, some of the things that I think are really important, I think a lot of the people who are participating in Spartan races and maybe have a couple races under their belt are really kind of missing is training specifically for an obstacle course race. And that is, um, an obstacle course race is kind of about 80 to 90% running. So you definitely need to have a running program in place so that you can actually efficiently and effectively run these races because it is a race, right? Um, and the other thing that's really important for people to, to do is to really train on the obstacles um, and not use the race as your training grounds. So get in touch with the gym. King's Camps and Fitness has an entire um, assortment of obstacles that mimic an obstacle course race at Spartan and other races. And get out there and start working on the obstacles and find how efficient you can be at getting over an eight-foot wall, for example. And don't find that you have to go to five or six races in order to practice that wall the one time you see it in each of those races. So if you go to a gym and do it, you can 
do those five times in one sitting um, and get as efficient at doing these obstacles as possible. Uh, the rig is taking out a lot of people right now. So get some place where you can actually practice the rig and uh, be effective at doing these obstacles at the race. So you're not killing yourself at the races, doing burpee after burpee um, or letting your mindset slip a little bit because you, you know, you failed the rig right at that finish line. Um, train for the race um, before the race, not at the race. And that's kind of one of our main mottos. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, would you have any recommendations or tips if, um, say, they, somebody lived in an area where they, they couldn't find a gym or had access to some of these specific obstacles um, that they could kind of still mimic it, but maybe in, in a more traditional gym setting? Yeah. Um, you know, if say you lived out in the middle of Kansas someplace and uh, you didn't have any anywhere to do this um, or you lived in the middle of the city, there's a lot of opportunities and playgrounds to go ahead and practice certain things. Um, you know, you can find a retaining wall someplace to use as kind of your training ground. You know, find a four foot wall and see how well you can go over it. It could be um, I've seen people use the walls that um, encase dumpsters um, because they're about eight feet perfect wall, right? It's solid. It's not going anywhere. Um, just go out there and start practicing, go with a couple of friends so you can get a kind of a leg up. Um, the monkey bars, you know, my daughters love the monkey bars and, uh, I'm sure they can jump into any Spartan race and do the monkey bars. Like it was nothing partially because they play on them in the playgrounds. And yeah. so find, you know, find a playground and, you know, if hanging on to, uh, ropes is a problem, you know, head down to home Depot and get, you know, an eight foot length of rope and, uh, throw it over one of the monkey bars or over a basketball hoop or over the end of a, you know, football, um, the, uh, field goal, uh, posts, um, and practice climbing. So, you know, some of it takes you having to go out and make kind of your own obstacles, but make the obstacles that are going to, again, uh, help you the best. Um, so if rope climbing is it, then focus on that rope climbing. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not building a, uh, uh mud crawl. Um, that might not be your, your <laughs> best time or effort spent, you know, but do something on an obstacle that you're failing all the time and, and nail it. You get to that race and you nail it. And then you say, okay, I'm going to keep practicing that obstacle, but now I'm going to move on to the next obstacle that I really need some help with. Um, I, I failed the spear throw. So figure some way to go ahead and mimic that obstacle as best as possible. Yeah. And, and the spear, that's something you, you could build it. It's really not, not difficult. And, um, that, that's what, basically what I did where my first three races, I failed it. And, I never practiced once. I was just like, I'll figure it out. And then did the first one. Well, first one, I had no clue what to do. So I <laughs> missed terribly, did my burpees next race. I knew it was coming and I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'm, I'm athletic, whatever. Missed it again. And then the third one missed it again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep missing it because I have no strategy, no plan, no practice. And then went to Home Depot, got some parts, built it and just really spent, you know, a couple throws a couple times a week. And now I haven't missed it. So it's, you know, it, it's just that practice. And you do have to be creative sometimes. If you don't have a gym that has all this cool stuff, there is so much you can do. But yeah, like you said, finding a dumpster. And that, that's actually what we do at, at my studio. Um, so I didn't, you know, didn't want to have to build a wall and store it. But we have a bunch of dumpster walls out back. And we just put a little pad. There's cement. So we throw a little pad on top. And nice. we just practice on there. And perfect you know it's easy and you can do that anywhere and i know some people might be thinking like yeah but i'm gonna look weird jumping over a wall and it's like who cares <laughs> it's all yeah fun. i mean yeah. yeah you're not gonna you're gonna look um you're not gonna like the way that you're feeling after you don't complete the obstacle at the race so go ahead and make sure that you can get it done and if someone's looking at you weird be like hey i got my spartan shirt and uh, <laughs> i'm doing this to win yeah 
And, and, and nowadays, most people know exactly what you're doing anyway, right? Uh, you know, we, we throw the spears outside of the studio and there's other businesses here. And I know they just look at us like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I know. Come try it. It's really hard. And, and then if I ever do feel weird, I just think in the race, when I get to run by everybody doing burpees, it's pretty awesome. And yep. I'm going to move up like 20 spots because I, I'm not going to miss it and I'll, I'll hit it. So, um, exactly. Yeah. But I think that's a great point. Just be creative, find there's obstacles out there, you know, just start looking around and looking at the world a little bit differently. It's, you know, like kind of like parkour guys where they just do this crazy stuff on, on whatever they find. And it's the same thing, just running through the woods and picking stuff up or throwing a rope over a tree branch and practice hanging there. You know, right. th there's all these options that we can do. Yeah, you just you just have to be willing to think, kind of think outside the box and be creative. And there's a lot of resources out there today um, that can kind of help you with that creativity. You know, just kind of pull on what what you've seen somebody else do. You know, awesome. like you said, throw it over a tree branch. Awesome, perfect. You have a tree in your neighborhood. Now, now you've got everything that you need. Just head down to Home Depot or whatever and get what you need. Perfect. Yeah, and Home Depot is not even a sponsor of the show. Maybe maybe I should contact them. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, I want to wrap this up, but is there anything that uh, I, I should have asked you or didn't talk about or final uh, last famous words before we uh, we end this? Um, no, just a, a couple things that, that we do. We talked about kids a little bit. Um, we have a program for kids for um, we call it our Young Warriors program. Um, you know, our kids, a lot of times in these races are great motivators, as we talked about. Um, but they go through the playgrounds like it's their backyard. And, uh, you know, that's really what we're trying to mimic in these obstacle course races or kind of reliving that childhood. So, you know, not only don't only look to your kids for how they complete obstacles and things in the in the playground, but also go ahead and encourage them as much as you can to stay fit and stay lively. And at some point, depending on the age of your kids, you'll find your kids joining you in these um, endeavors. Um, there's a lot of mother, daughter, father, son um, teams that go out there and do really well in races. And, you know, it's as the parents start to taper out of the scene coming out of the master's category and the kids are coming into the competitive circuit um, that they've looked at mom and dad. So so be that mentor to your child and give your children the opportunity to be, to be fit in life. And the fun thing about off-course racing and doing this type of thing for kids is that it's um, – this is not a sport like soccer or baseball. So if they don't have an affinity for those types of sports, this is an individual sport that they can be really awesome at. And uh, our motto at our company is uh, overcome your obstacles. And uh, that's really what it's all about is coming over, overcoming all those obstacles, fitness, uh, mental, and the obstacles physically in front of you at the races. So, you know, when you guys go out there, remember that I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to come overcome all this. I'm just going to become great. That's awesome. And the, the, the topic of youth fitness is, is such an important thing. Um, we'll probably have you back on the show um, with a few other coaches probably and, and kind of get into how parents and, and um, anyone that is uh, around kids can help them get more involved in, in some of these sports and activities to, to keep them in shape and keep them loving fitness. And, you know, it is out of the ordinary word. Maybe they don't like more structured programs like, like basketball or soccer or baseball or whatever, yep. but they would love something like this. So I, I think that's a, a great thing. And, and we'll definitely talk more about that in the future. Um, great. Uh, so if, uh, if anyone just wants to reach out to you, get more info from you, where could they get a hold of you? Yeah. So, um, information on our programs are available on our website. It's Kings camps, and fitness.com and someone could just shoot me an email um, there's contact information on that website or mike at kingscampsandfitness.com 
Awesome. And I'll put a link to that in our, our show notes so people can just uh, go there and, and check it all out. Uh, yeah. So, oh, and anything as far as my, my athletic stuff, we have a, an athlete page up for that as well. And it's a Facebook page but, that I can give you and you can go and link to that if you want to as well. Yeah. But that talks about some of my training and some of my races and stuff like that. So it's kind of a fun thing to look at. Awesome. That'd be perfect. Yeah. So we'll put links for all that in there. Uh, well, well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I think these were some great topics that we talked about, and I know our listeners will get a ton out of this. So thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. Of course, Mike. Thanks for having me out. All right. Anytime. Take care. Okay, everybody, that's going to do it for episode 14 of the Underground SGX show. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to give a big thank you to Coach Mike King for sharing his insight. Um, Lots of practical tips that you can apply right away. Uh, Don't forget to check out the show notes at spartanunderground.com slash episode dash 14. And you can learn more about Mike and check out his website or reach out to him if you have any specific questions um, and all of the other resources and links you will find there as well. Don't forget, uh, last chance to get on our November giveaway if you want to win some, some cool prizes. Again, all the links are in the show notes on how you can enter there. And, and last but not least, don't forget, if you want to check out the Spartan Underground membership site, just uh, try it out for $1 and you can get complete access to the site and see all the stuff that we have in there for you. Again, check out the show notes and you can learn more about getting started there. That's it for this week. We'll be back again next week with some more Spartan Race training tips for you. 